you're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home and Abroad and I, I have the great privilege of being able to walk in West Clare in Milltown Malby with Damien O'Rourke and Damien and I have been in contact with each other for quite a while it's the first opportunity to get to meet Damien is uh, involved in the music and the entertainment industry and operates Cup of Tea TV and we're going to hear a bit about what that's all about Damien, first of all, thanks a million for coming along for out for a walk Austin, great to see you <laughs> and it and is the blue sky It's a savage day here in Clare in Milltown Malby on a back road yeah, the cows are looking at us, and we're looking at them back. Exactly, but there's and blue skies, there's a wind, to, uh, and it's great to be alive, and yeah. we're able to maintain social distance, yeah. which is the great knowledge. thing as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, the outdoors, the outdoor broadcasting unit. Yeah, love um, it. You're based in Shannon, Damien. A bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm from Shannon, born and bred. I uh, grew up there, moved away to Cork, played soccer for Cork City for a few years. Went to the states, played soccer there for five years, came home, got an education there as well, came home, played soccer in Galway for another five years, felt the body was ailing a bit, so I decided to move home and play for the local team for a couple of years, that didn't last long, Right. had a surgery, didn't work out, couldn't play football anymore, and that is when music strongly came into my life. Well, let's go back to the, the, the soccer, um, how did you get from... To, from this side of the Atlantic over to play in North America? I was playing for the Irish college team at oh. the time and I was captain of that. Right. And there was a coach from the States, he's from Dublin originally, he was home on a scouting trip looking at players and he, and he saw me playing a college game for the Irish college team. And then he got my number, I got a call off him then. And I uh, just went from there really. And. Um, you know, the reason I ask, of course, is because I've come across numerous Irish players on the other side. Yeah. Uh, Richie Ryan, who was with Cycle Rovers. Richie right. was the first captain of the Ottawa Fury. Excellent. And he's in El Paso, Texas now. And Colin Falvey from Cork yeah. played with the uh, Ottawa Fury as well. And you do get around, don't we? You do get around. You do. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and of course, you know, it's how do you get noticed and how do you get over there? Yeah. So when you found yourself over there, um, was it very different than what you had experienced in soccer over here in sport? Very different. The collegiate level over there is very professional. We had our own training pitch. We had our own match pitch. We had our own physios, doctors. We had access to all that at any time of day or night. Very professional. Right. That was the main thing I saw in the style of football then. It was very kind of keep it on the ground and knock it around. Because you have the, the great surfaces over there. Yes. Whereas in Ireland in the winter, if you try passing the ball along the ground, it could go anywhere, do you know? So you're kind of, the, the surfaces here dictated how you played. Whereas over there, anywhere you went, you had a flat surface with, with nice, nice lush grass that you could pass on. And if it was somewhere where the weather may be inclement, you had a, a bubble or a, you were indoors. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. You had your AstroTurf pitches over there. They're all over Ireland now, actually, the AstroTurf pitches, but back then. Yeah, well, we in, have, I think, probably the second largest bubble in North America. Really, yeah. In Ottawa. I think the largest one is now up in uh, Alaska. Nice. And what I gather was it's a uh, huge facility. And um, is that, does that close over? Is it open? Oh, yes, no, it it's a bubble. It's like a, okay. an inflatable. Like a dome. A dome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 
Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. Quite, yeah, in our climate you need that kind of thing. So yeah. then, from the, you mentioned the different style of playing soccer, but also I would think the approach to the game from a business perspective would have also been very different. Yeah, you had the whole media side over there as a media department, right? That pushed, that promotes it. So you just have the best. It's like playing with a professional team. So you're training every, twice a day, probably sometimes three if you're going to the gym as well and you're studying as well in the college so you're getting an education you're treated like a professional and I don't know it's, it's, uh, I don't think they know how lucky they have it over there at that level Right, and where were you? Uh, Virginia What part? North Virginia, Fairfax Okay, near very, about familiar. 20, 20 yeah, very familiar from, with it 20 minutes from Washington DC Yeah, outside near uh, Reston yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, yeah. Down along the Fair, Fairfax Parkway, down along there. There's a lovely Roanoke down the road. Roanoke, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lovely little venue there in Vienna. Yes. Um, yeah. Jam and Jazz, that was called. Right. I saw Damien Rice play there. Okay. And, and there's a good sorry, festival. Damien Dempsey. Oh, right. There's a good uh, festival as well in uh, Reston. There's a Celtic festival. Was the, I didn't know it at the time. I was too yeah. kind of focused on the football at the time. I didn't yeah. have yeah. the ears on for the music. But I, I knew Damien Dempsey was playing in his Jam and Java. John right. Spillane as well. Right. But I went there early to get a good seat. Yeah. And I got there. I was up the front anyway. There was only seven people in the gig. Right. And he played like there was 70,000. Yeah. yeah, powerful. Oh yeah. my God, yeah. I'll never forget it. Right. Yeah. So many. How long were you over there? Uh, five years in total. And then you came back here. Came back and kind of went went back to Cork City. Just kind of over another surgery, so I was kind of in recovery from that. So I wasn't at my best. So I went and trained with Limerick for a while, and then I settled in Galway. So how did you find the transition back? I, I, I knew I wanted to come home. I knew when I was there, my first day training there, I knew I was going home someday. I just I was here to do this, experience this. Right. But my heart is completely here. And I knew that. Right. I knew that getting on the plane over every day of my life in the States, I knew I was coming home when this part of my adventure was finished. So when no, you were so starting out I was grand coming home. And you were playing school soccer. Yeah. Um and you were looking out long term future. Yeah. Where did you see yourself? Where you are now? At the age you are now. Yeah. Not doing what you're doing. But where did you think you'd be? All I saw was was football. You know. Right. Because I was in school, and a couple of lads. We heard that Roy Keane did a fast course. Yeah. A football course in. I think the only one was in Dublin at the time. So we said that to our guidance counselor, and she did a bit of research first. There was no internet then to look Google stuff. You know. <laughs> so she went and found out that there was one in Cork, a new one in Cork. Right. It would have been our second. It would have been its second year. And uh, we heard about that year, five of us, six of us. Five of us actually ran <coughs> and went. And that was the start of it. I knew I was going there for a year. Foss, Foss course, the Foss paid us weekly to be on this course. Right. So the five of us lumped into a house together and we trained twice a day. Yeah. And uh, I was training with Cork City then in the evening as well, so I was doing the three days then. And then it was Cork City and then I went to another college in Cork while I was playing for Cork City so that was another two years there just all football and then in the middle of that the offer from the States came along which I knew would be another five years right. and an education and that was that so yeah. in, on the education side of it then what did you choose to 
uh, specialising or I I struggled with that because I, I went there to play football, <laughs> you know. Right. So I didn't know. I, I kind of did what everyone else was doing. I started off with sports management. Yeah. And I had no more interest in sports management than a fly in the wall, like you know. Okay. Uh, kind of struggled with a couple of classes there because I didn't know what was going on to be fair. And then I just had a good. I, I connected really well with one of the, the professors there. And he kind of loved the foreign students because we had different views on things and we looked at things differently. So he gave us like loads of his time. And I had a sit down chat with him and he just asked me a few questions and he said, I think you should be a teacher. So get, get onto the teaching room. So I did straight away. Right. And that's what I stuck with him. Yeah. So he's qualified teacher over there. Right. And uh, so, when you came back here, does that um, qualification does it transport? Travel? Does it travel back here with you? It it, it doesn't fully. Uh, to, to teach in the secondary schools and the primary schools, you have to do a H dip. Yes. Uh, which, but from a BA perspective, it's it's an equivalency, or is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I did I did a bit of teaching in GTI. Right. In Galway. Yeah. Because um, my manager at the time. In Galway, he was he was already in there teaching, so I kind of he kind of helped me to get in there, let's say. Right. And we were kind of teaching side by side, and I was playing under him then as well. So it was a nice, nice little spell. Yeah. But I have a soft spot for Galway. <laughs> I tell you, everyone in the world has a soft spot for Galway. It's a great spot. Well, see, I'm I claim I, I'm from Banbaslow. Okay. So when I see the maroon and white going up, <laughs> I, I, yeah. that's that's the one I'm waving the flag for. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Great spot. Always. Oh yeah. Great people as well. Great pubs. Great yeah. music scene. We're looking forward Oscar. to getting up there before we uh, return. Spend yeah. a few nights. Uh, now that we're able to travel between counties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Get up there. Yeah. So, um, if injury then um, put you out of action, ultimately, yeah, did, you're yeah. saying that's when you decided to, you had to take another look at the world. I did, and it happened very quickly. I always, when I was playing, I always heard of footballers like struggling when their career ended because it's, 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 it's your whole life, like, there's a big hole there and they didn't know what to fill it with, some drink or take drugs. Yeah. For me, straight away. I just started going to gigs every day, every day of the week. Right. Because I didn't have to rest or and watch. Where were you at this stage? Still in Cork. So I was uh, Limerick. Okay. I was living in Limerick. So Limerick's a great scene for music. Of course, Dolan's. Dolan's, yeah. But yeah. I was going all over the country. I was finding little small gigs in Kildare. Right. Um, Dublin, wherever, wherever the gig was, I was going. No matter what day of the week it was, so that just started to that filled up my time then. And then uh, I was at one gig in Killarney on a Wednesday night. I was on the way home in the car. I was thinking, geez, I'd love to have asked them a question about a line in their song, one of their songs. Okay. I was in work the next day. That was still hopping around in my head. I was thinking, geez, well, why don't you? You know, figure yeah. out a way to do that. Yeah. Within five minutes, cup of tea, TV was in my head because I love tea. Okay, when are we talking about? What, time, what year are we talking? Jeepers. Approximately. Uh, 15, 16, I'd say. Okay. 2016, yeah. Right. Or ish. Probably 15. Right. And so uh, that was it. Love tea, love music, love talking about music over cups of tea. Yeah. And that was from the very start is what the, the thought and the feeling was. I ordered a banner online. Okay. The banner arrived about 10 days later. I thought, okay, this is actually a real thing now. 
I need to start to figure my, my, my crack out. <laughs> so didn't know anything about cameras or microphones or nothing. So I just went into the shop and said, can I have a camera, please? It's amazing what you can shoot on a, on a cell phone. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. It is yeah. now because I started, yeah. um, I've only figured out in the last five, six weeks how to actually join the little clips of video. On, on your phone? From my phone. So when okay. we're, like, when we'd go out for a walk like this normally, and I will do it now as well as I'd bring the phone, and I'd go back and I'll turn it into a one to three minute video, oh, put it back, back in track with it and put it up on a, on, on a YouTube channel. I'll have to learn that off you as well, as well as this microphone trick you showed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning everything now today. No. On uh, a savage day in Milton Melby. <laughs> oh, it's fabulous now. Gorgeous now, yeah. See, if if anyone heard the wind when we started walking, you'll notice there's no wind at the moment. <laughs> yeah. All we can hear is the birds. Hopefully they hear right. the birds. That's yeah. right. So, um, so yeah, like you decide about 2015-16. That was actually when I, 2016 was when I transitioned from uh, over-the-air broadcasting to 100 to 24/7 internet because a bit like that I wanted to change what I was doing right. and uh, it gives me a lot more flexibility to yeah. do stuff like this yeah yeah but um, do things you love and, and it's a learning process it's an ongoing learning process which is the fun part yeah so I, I take it you would have done the exact same thing I did because people sometimes would say to me how did you manage to get an interview with so and so such a sort of person so I asked them yeah simple isn't it <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and my philosophy has always been, you know, they can't say no if you don't ask. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. It's so easy. It is. And lo lots of people are just looking happy to have a chat. Indeed, you know. indeed. And especially so, if it's about their music or whatever it is. So who was your first guest? Great question. Um, David Hope. Right. He's a friend of mine from Shannon, but he's a savage. Singer-songwriter. Right, I think the name rings a bell. Yeah, he does a lot of travelling in uh, Europe right. with his music. Okay. And he plays, his, his home gigs would be kind of La Hinch. He's involved in Kenny's Pub there in La Hinch. Okay. And the Doolan Folk Festival, he has a stage there in Doolan. Right. For the festival every year. He was a friend, so I, I started off with, I'll reach out to people I know in my area. Yeah. And I just have a chat with them yeah. and see how it goes. Well, he was the first one. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do now is we're going to take a pause and we're going to play something by David Hope. Excellent. And seeing as he was your number one, it's suitable that we share something of his. And uh, we'll be back with you here on Irish Radio Canada and at Home and Abroad after this. Fantastic. Excellent. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad and that was David Hope. And we're chatting with Damien O'Rourke and he was mentioning there about setting up a cup of TV and that uh, David Hope was his first guest. Um, so after David Hope, you were on your way. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the start of it. There's a YouTube video of, the, of that. So it was, it was in the, he did a house gig in where I was living at the time and said that's when we'll do the, the chat. Right. And the song, so that if anyone wants to check that out, bit of crack. And um, you have your own YouTube channel, of course. Yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Cup of Tea TV. Right. Loads so of stuff there. Lots of fun having. Before you reached out to David, had you figured out in your head what you were hoping, how you wanted to deliver, the, what way you wanted to approach this, or did that evolve as well? I had a feeling. Yeah. The only way I can say it. I had a feel, it felt right, I was doing it for the right reasons and I thought to myself, I'm not out to do this for myself. I'm out, I'm out to have fun with it, yeah. but I'm out there to help or push or support musicians 
in any way that I can. So that was my starting point, so it was a feeling. I thought, this is going to be something I think I'm going to be doing the rest of my life. And I'm not out to make money, as I said. It was just wanted to kind of get into the minds of the musicians and see where their, their lines and their words are coming from. So that involves them as well then, that you, when I say I had an idea of where you're going, I mean like when you do your interviews, part of it is um, they're going to perform yeah. and talk about the music. Yeah. So you had that concept in your head. Yeah. You're right. Chat, chatting a couple of songs. Right. And whenever I'm asking them, anyone, whoever it is, in a message or in person, you fancy recording an old chat and maybe a couple of songs as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Very loose and just enjoying it like that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, where are we now? The Armada? We're, we're just outside oh, the Armada. It's, yeah. it's, 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 I just, it's fabulous and the sun listening on the ocean out there. Spanish Point over yeah, there then. Spanish Point over yeah. there, yeah. And there's some over there up behind us. Yeah. There's a lovely chipper here as well, you know. Well, we've eaten the, when the, the trailer out here yeah. Uh, yeah. last Fiddle year. Bowl. Yeah, we've had a bit there and we've uh, been in there for... The, there's a lovely um, carvery in there as well. Nice, yeah. yeah. Great spot. It is. Great for weddings as well. It is. <laughs> Many weddings. It's Johnny Burke's. <laughs> it's Spanish point. Um, so, then as things have progressed, did you set yourself a goal and a, and a schedule? By that I mean, you know, one of the things I've committed to for myself is I don't like to repeat content and yet I want to deliver something every week. Yeah. So, it's every, for 52 weeks of the year, there's right. new content. Um, and it's not that it's once a month, and it's only to me. I do it for. So, have you made yourself, or have you made yourself, any similar type commitment? That's a great question. I'm loving these questions, Austin, because you're getting me thinking back at the start. You know, um, I had an idea of recording a good few, so that I had them in case that they, they dried up. Right. And as the more I got into it, the more I realised it's never going to dry up. There's musicians everywhere. Yeah. There's Especially in Clare, in Limerick. Yeah. Every corner, there's 22 musicians, like, you know. So I knew then that it wasn't going to drop. So then I started recording them and then putting them up kind of soon after they were recorded. Not necessarily once a week. Could be on a Tuesday evening, could be on a Sunday morning. Right. Whenever it was ready to fly, yeah. I just let her go. Right. And fly. You mentioned, so, well, yeah. you mentioned went in, you bought yourself a camera. Thanks, yeah. Um, well, did you know what you were looking for? I didn't. I went in, lads. I'm doing this. I told him what I was doing. It's in Steamboat Music in, in Limerick. Yeah. And a uh, music shop. I went to a music shop for a camera. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, lads, I'm doing this thing with music. What do you think? He said, well, we only have one camera here in stock. It's 120 euros. You have your XY mic on it. Yeah. Um, just press record and it'll record. Right. So I took that and I probably used that for a year. Okay. And then I I, uh, I acquired a friend's camera because I was holding on to it for them. I picked it up from the place for them and I asked them, do you mind if I use it? So I didn't even do settings or nothing. I just turned it on and pressed yeah. the cord. Yeah. And I said, okay, that looks a lot better than that one. So were you using the internal microphone on the, the devices at this stage? Yeah. Do you still use the internal mic? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Important question to ask. Yeah. I, uh, I, I went through the ringer really, uh, figuring out sound, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I still haven't just figured out, to be honest. And uh, I, I use different kind of methods. The one we're using now is definitely one I'm going <laughs> to 
I'm going to adapt as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It, it has its uh, it has its joys. I've said this. Yeah, it has yeah. its joys. Um, so after David, where to go next? Like, if you're drawn on your local talent. Okay, I'll switch the question. Who was the first um, famous Luca Bloom? Luca, yeah, straight away. I've had a chat with Luca as well. Yeah, Luca lovely Bloom. man, lovely, lovely man. man. Yeah, he was. Uh, I was. I was doing uh, a gig in Kenny's in the Hinge. They have white horse sessions every Tuesday in the summer. Right. And David Hope, that first yeah musician, he was involved in, in curating that, and he said, "Do you want to take over a night, a Tuesday a month over the summer?" Yeah. I said I'd love to because I go I go to those sessions. I love them like. Yeah. So to be able to curate a night there was an honour. So I did. First night there, Susan O'Neill. Yeah. Adam Maloney. Haven't come across Adam. Hanno Hanno O'Brien. Heard the name. But Su- like Susan Master now, Adam's only young, but he's still still making his way. Right. But he's he's done great things and the voice and X Factor and all. Right. But uh, Luca was there front and centre. I didn't know it at the time. Hello, how are you? Hey, how, how are you doing? doing? You Luca was there, I didn't know. I was breaking down the gear afterwards and he said he had a hat on and all, like, you know, and a jacket and yeah. I was just my head was kind of just in ten different places. He called me over. He said, What's this cup of tea TV about? And I told <laughs> him I told him in a in a kind of a ten second synopsis like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then he said, I have an album coming out now. Will you interview me about that? Right. Said, of course they will, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah. He says, give me your number, he says. Yeah. Gave me your number. And I expect that <laughs> to do the, break down the gear and so on. Looked at my phone then later on. Luca Bloom. <laughs> I was just talking to Luke Bloom. Yeah. And I didn't even know because I was so all over the shop. Called him the next day. Said, thanks so much for taking an interest. Yeah. Met him in a small coffee shop in the scanner. Yeah. Did a chat. It's up on your YouTube channel, Luca Bloom. Yeah. Interview with Cup TV and... That was it. We uh, we literally sat down and it started with him saying things to me instead of me saying, "Hey everyone, how's it going?" Like he was saying the intros and everything. Like, and and I think that's one of the the lessons I've learned all along. Is by um, even the way you and I are out for a walk now, I don't ever use the script. Yeah, same. Because the nature of what we're talking, the way we are, is I need to listen. Yeah. If we're to converse, yeah, and I think that's one of the joys and the beauties of when you get to sit with someone like Luke or some of the others. That if you you get you're you're just you and they're just there. Yeah, yeah. I, I had I, I told a lie there. I did used to do that. Which oh, I used good. to have like a cue card in my hand yeah. with bullet points. Right. And I quickly learned that that's not the way to go. No. Because you're you're tuning out of the conversation. Yes. To look at the next bullet point. And the bullet point. Not even listening to the person. Uh, And and it's obvious. I find when I'm listening to national radio here, even. Yeah. It's obvious someone's working from bullet points. Yeah. You know straight away. Yeah. You know the question they've just asked. There's no relationship, and there was an opening for a question. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reaction to what. Yes. They've just said either. Yeah. Which is kind of which is big. I'm listening to it. Oh my God, that was amazing what he just said. Yeah. What is next question like, you know? And I always found yeah. that I look on it as well as that if you or I are there to represent the listener, yeah, I know nothing because that's really if if I have if I'm not asking a question based on not knowing anything, I'm not asking the question the listener might actually want to know. Yeah. So I can't assume, despite that exactly the the, yeah. the knowledge and research you've done. 
to allow it to, to kind of bring it to a high level when you, when you, what you want to do is have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, so true. I learned that lesson during it, even watching back the videos. Yes. I see myself. I didn't even realize what he or she just said there. Yeah. And that's when I said, I need to rip this thing up and just go in and, as you said, what we're doing now. Yeah. Just having a chat. So, after Luca, of course, it's always great when you have... Um, someone like Luca comes along and you, it, yeah. it gets your attention. And he's been a great mentor since yes. that day. Yeah. Like he's, I, I'm meeting him later today for a swim. Well, go, good stuff. In the hinge, like, you know. Oh, good. Tell him that's we were talking. Of course they will, yeah. <laughs> but that's how that's grown. And that's that, <laughs> that talks highly about him. Yes, Not I know. Not as an artist, but as a human being. Yeah. He just took yeah. an interest and we're good buddies now. You know? Good, yes, indeed. This is great. So, so we're 2016. How, when was Luca, approximately? So that would have been 17, summer 2017. Right. right. Ish, I'm thinking ish here now. It could be a year or a year out either way. But I think 17, yeah. Okay, so now we've been talking about how you've had David, you got Lucas, so you've got your talent. Yeah. You need an audience. <laughs> yeah. You do. How? <laughs> you do. Uh, well, I knew my mum and dad were watching it anyway. So <laughs> that's a good start. Right. And a couple of friends, you know. So, because uh, you can see how many views there are when you put something up on YouTube. Yeah. And after I've watched it myself and seen it's been watched once, I know that's it. That's <laughs> <laughs> a point, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. So, um, how, how has it grown? At the start, I was very conscious of doing this and I was pushing it and I was thinking, how do I push it? I stopped paying attention to the numbers. Yeah. I, uh, the, in if the interest is there, it's there. I know there'll be a little bit of interest. Right. I just felt that I was getting too focused on, well, that's not getting much traction. Like, what do I have to do to change that? Yeah. I mean, I just, I just go in now and do it in a comfortable way for me and for whoever I'm chatting to. Right. And it's, it's going to be up there for anyone to look at. Um, we're get, it's getting, getting comments from people I don't even know that they saw something. That's really nice, like, to, say, to know that someone watched something that was up there. So, Luca reached out to a gig. Since then, as a result of um, having the YouTube channel up there and the traction it would have uh, obtained, have you had any surprising phone calls, emails, yeah. text messages saying, uh, I saw what you did and I'd like to, to kind of, would you be willing to interview me from somebody else that you'd no idea, just based on your traction? Yeah, there's a, there's a crowd in Germany called the Muso Next Door. Yeah. They kind of do gigs in just random places in Germany. And I got a Facebook message there from uh, the organiser of them gigs and the few musicians involved there says can we come can we visit you when we come to Ireland and I says no you can't I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> I said of course you can yeah let's yeah. do it yeah and uh, put on a house gig where they came over there was two two musicians and then kind of their manager and house gig Sarah Ryan came in and did a set as well right that night all had a little stage in my sitting room yeah a rake of people came over and it was a great great night they stayed the night I got up and cooked breakfast in the morning <laughs> and then just before they were going to leave the ice cream van came into the park so we were all outside sitting on the wall eating ice cream two Germans their Irish manager myself and a few people that stayed the night after the kick so that was that was a hell of a buzz like you know 
and um, switching gears slightly because you say what you're doing on uh, Cup of Tea TV is labour of love. Yeah. Love doesn't put food on the table or doesn't put tea into the cup either. That's <laughs> <laughs> good way of saying it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you putting the tea in the cup these days? I work a job full time. Right. Nothing to do with music. Yeah. It's a job. It's, uh, it's a well paid job and I don't have to take it home with me. Right. So, whenever I'm finished work, I'm on the road. And when I'm in work, I, I have a bit of time to, to think about my next cup of tea TV thing or do a little bit of admin on the phone, putting posters together. Yeah. So it, it just works out great. Right. My mind is free. Yeah. Yeah. To think about cup of tea TV all the time. And but the job pays for the, the tea in the cup, as you say. And again, yeah. that's not untypical of the arts. Like, not enough, a lot of musicians, even well-known names, have day jobs because yeah. it's very difficult to make a living, particularly now with streaming. Yeah. It's very difficult for the yeah. high-quality musicians to make an, an income. I, ha I, I have been thinking about that a lot lately, and the streaming of music, like, people aren't buying CDs or, or stuff anymore, you know? And I think the streaming sites are kind of have a, their part to play in that. Yeah. But also, I, I use Spotify a lot. I love it. But I am conscious about going and buying the music of the people that I, I love to listen to. Right. So if I stumble across someone on Spotify or YouTube and I like them and I'm listening to them, I'll go to their website. I'll buy their CD, their T-shirt, whatever album I'm looking for. So it's not just like them getting paid zero 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 point whatever. Yeah. One. Yeah. Every twenty times I listen to their song, like, yeah. they're getting money for their album. Yeah. So I will listen to that in the car. Right. I have a record player as well at home. Right. And then when I'm in work or whatever, I listen to them on the phone. Um, we're going to take another break, and I think maybe what we'll do is put one of Lucas on. Yeah. Seems he was the, yeah, the, the one that gave you, um, I won't I'd say a boot in the ass, but gave <laughs> <laughs> you the carrot. <laughs> she did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pushed you me on, yeah. He pushed me on the thing, yes, he did. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Irish Radio Candid at Home Abroad, and we're chatting with Damien Rock of Cup of Tea TV, and uh, this is a little piece from Luca Bloom. I'll stop him in his tracks. You're listening to Irish Radio Candid at Home and Abroad. And uh, walking the roads in Welshire Maldry with Damien O'Rourke. Um, Damien, we're talking about the Cup of Tea TV, how it got there, and that you have the day job. Um, last 12 months, 15 months, yeah. we've all been operating over Zoom, or we've been operating in over whatever technology, but not face to face. And yet, the lifeblood, particularly of the music industry, is connecting with an audience. Um, how have you coped? I have learned new skills in how to put Cup of Tea TV out there. Yep. Uh, in terms of live streams and all that. But, uh, but what happened before COVID was that I started doing a lot more live gigs. So that, that took up a lot of time, which took me away from meeting musicians and talking to them. Because I, I was just focused on getting acts in for these gigs in my hometown of Shannon, which I want to try and build a music scene there. 
and uh, since Covid then it kind of brought me back to why I started in the first place meeting the music makers and just having chats with them right so it kind of brought me back to the start and you know I love it I mean I'm not able to put on the gigs but I'm loving talking to the musicians but they're at home now and yeah. they're, they're doing their thing at home so they're more available to talk and the conversations are different because when someone's on the road their head is there, their head's on the road and they're fairly focused and that's, that's, that's cool, that's necessary. But now they're at home and we're talking about like the new types of tea that you're discovering and all these different kind of branch offs of the regular chats you'd have with all the latest album and so on and this and that. Yeah. Which is cool, I love all that, but I, I do love the, the randomness as well. Um, like new skills like knitting or you know a new instrument learned or talking to your neighbour and being at home for more than three months that they haven't been in ten ha years like, has you know? it made more artists available to you because yeah. their lack of touring their lack of schedule and their desire to stay connected yeah it has yeah um, trying to think of an example I did a gig an online gig for a, a company in in Limerick who worked through the pandemic and their their head head guys wanted to put on a show for them as, as a thank you right so I was, I was chatting Mitch Flannery got involved right Luke got involved yeah Emma Langford a yeah. now in Limerick yeah. she got involved so they're all there yeah and they're doing it from their home yes like a, a festival I was in Luca's house where we did it from right and uh, we chatted afterwards after it's finished Luca goes uh, did we just have a mini festival in my living room <laughs> <laughs> and, you know and we did like Mick streamed from his home yep Emma from her and so on but uh, it was all on one screen and the people of that company had a great experience and like Mick and Emma were, were, were and Luca were kind of keen to do it because they're at home anyway and they can do it from home and they're not breaking any rules and everyone's getting a good crack off it you know I've had the joy of attending Poke Alliance International twice now lovely in Montreal and then in New Orleans and then uh, New Orleans Mick was there and I got to talk great to guy yeah great guy yeah and uh, stone mason as well huh? he's a great stone mason yeah yeah uh, I got to about Culture Ireland support a lot of the artists that go out to that right. but it's the type of place I know you would be in your element you'd, you'd love it um, you do realise that's when I'm coming to Canada now well this whenever, whenever yeah time's allow yeah well <laughs> <laughs> the doors are open there but Folk Alliance is this event that the public are not allowed into oh really yeah yeah it's artists ah, and yeah. the industry and you could have um, two to three thousand in attendance but you're talking folk musicians uh, and as I said the various you have the record labels the artists the promoters the uh, directors at festivals uh, so it's a real trade yeah. type event yeah gotcha yeah savage yeah <laughs> so um, when you mentioned that you're, going to, you're hoping to get to Canada what are the plans now that things are easing up um, well back before all this I was going to go to Nashville I had a couple of things set up in Nashville to meet the musicians there and uh, just kind of hit the ground talk to them and go from there right. and just try and build connections in, in Nashville just some place that I wanted to go anyway yep. um, and just little trips like that New yeah. York I know, I know kind of people in these different places now that I can go to when I hit the ground yeah 
and just see where it takes me, do you know? Yeah. The same as how it started when I was living in Limerick. I just went to the people I knew at the start. Right. And then they told a couple of people and it just spread that way, so. Right. Um, but I'm happy in Ireland, like there's so much happening here. In Clare, not even Ireland, in Clare alone. I know. There's so much, so if I can get to travel, great. If not, I'll keep digging away. So we're actually coming up to close to the t- uh, an hour with the bits of music in there, and I've picked or suggested two pieces. You're going to tell me what we're going to wrap up with. What we're going to wrap up with? Yeah. Any song at all? You tell me now. Okay. Let me see. Someone that I know it'll be someone that you've had the someone that I've worked with. Yeah. yeah. Or not worked with, had chats with. Yeah. Um. Yes, a good one. So we had Hopi. Yeah. We had Luca. Yeah. We we'll had to go with a female. Okay. Artist. So. Susan O'Neill. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I think I met Susan at the fair in Ennis a few years back. Yeah. She was on stage there with Aaron Shannon. Absolute yeah. hero of a woman. Yeah. She's got it all. She's and of course she performs with Mick. Yeah, she does as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Trumpet, guitar. Yeah. I say that one could play anything. No, yeah. indeed. Demi O'Rourke has been a real pleasure. Thanks, Austin. Pleasure.